Brett Phillips, SEN Tennis Commentator, joins us again thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT Supercar, pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most ca- powerful Kia ever crafted. G'day, BP. Uh, Jules, uh, Simon, good morning. I think we can probably just replay the chat I had Tuesday morning yep. after uh, <laughs> Djokovic uh, demolished uh, Demonor because it was almost... Um, you're pretty much a carbon copy last night against uh, Andre Rublev. I want to go a bit deeper, BP. And I asked Jules this earlier this morning. Why is Novak so good? Like We watch Rublev come through. He's had some really good matches. His ground strokes look really good. His serve looks effective. And then he comes up against this guy who you know, brings something to the table that just seems to melt the opposition. What is it? Yeah, well, I mean, there's probably some things that are, are really hard to measure, but as an athlete uh, on a hard court, this is, I mean, it's been his best surface where he's dominated at the majors and then, you know, hard court tournaments around the world. And he's dominated on other surfaces as well, of course. But I think if you just look at his his movement, is uh, is incredible. So, you know, he's, uh, I mean, the, the fine margins of an athlete, Simon, which, you know, obviously uh, just that one or two percent in terms of the prep he does, um, the, the condition that his body's got into, he can his lateral movement, you know, he can change direction so quickly, and he's de- he defends like no other. I mean, some players just can't get balls out of corners uh, or in difficult situations, and he gets a ball back that you think, wow, that's just you know, it's incredible, and he doesn't just get it back. I mean, he gets it back into a position where he, where he can then attack. Mm. So, and I think there's. You know, there's a bit of the aura there. I mean, I, you know, that's what we're always probably trying to discover, what sets the champions apart. And this is where you'd love to be a fly on the wall behind the scenes. But, you know, just seeing him walk out on court last night, it was like, I'm the king. This is my court. And uh, I, I just they, they just go up a notch uh, mentally. Uh, but his game, yeah, his game uh, is, is just built on discipline, really. He just doesn't miss many balls. And... I mean, if you watch a Djokovic training session, uh, it, that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, we always thought through Novak's career as it's developed. His serves got better, but he's never, you know, he's never had the capacity probably to totally blow you off the court. He doesn't hit with the same winner speed as others, but his control, his ball control, the shape he puts on the ball is just uh, incredible. And, you know, last night he's going to the Rublev uh, forehand, which kept breaking down as he attempted to go across court, whereas Novak will get... You know, more more tops to be more shape on the ball, so it gets that uh, bit better net clearance, and yeah, I mean it's all the little fine things that he just does to another level. That you know, I mean you got what effectively it was fourth and fifth seeds I think last yeah, time. Yeah, it was. We effectively still think of Novak really, I think, as the best mm. player in the world. So. There's one V5, and that shows the gap. Interesting tweet from uh, Patrick Moratoglu last night. You just talked about the, going to the forehand early. He said, I love how Djokovic starts the match playing almost exclusively on Rublev's forehand, like a boxer who would tell the opponent, go for it, hit me, I'm not scared. Yeah, yeah. And Patrick's you know, one of the great uh, coaching minds. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at, uh, the the numbers uh, throughout the tournament uh, that that was where you could you know certainly expose uh, Rublev and I mean I don't think he hit a backhand uh, winner last night um, so that's not really it's not a weapon um, for Andre and you know certainly the forehand when it's on it's, it's it can be it can be a destructive shot but then you're dealing with the Djokovic depth and it just comes on you so quickly that. 
you know, that's if that's the wing that's going to break down, which is his attacking wing, uh, that he can actually hit winners off, then, you know, obviously it's pretty smart to uh, yeah, to pepper that side. Simon made an interesting point towards the top of the show that uh, he was really surprised that after the first game of the match, Andre Rublev was looking up at his box, looking agitated. I mean, we, we see, obviously, players get agitated with their boxes. You know, matches draw on and they're getting frustrated and they need something, but... Not a great sign when you're doing that after the first game. Yeah, well, he probably just knew what sort of night he was in for. I mean, <laughs> I think back last night, those first couple of games, uh, they're, they're just different different rallies. Uh, they're, you know, the, the pressure on you. He knew he was going to have to really roll the sleeves up, and he just looked bereft of answers uh, last night. And, I I mean, that's, you know, been the blight on Rublev. Yeah, top 10 player, good ball striker, wins a lot of events at that 500 level uh, where he's top C. You know, he's still yet to really take that next step against the best at Masters 1000 and the Slams. And there was no change in the game plan last night. It was almost like he was just trying to hit harder. And and when you're dealing with Djokovic, it forces you to overplay and then the unforced errors start to, um, you know, start to rack up. So, yeah, there's no, there's never been any subtlety in the, in the Rublev game. And, I mean, obviously, as a coach, I, I imagine, you know... Um, uh, Vicente, who's been with Rublev for a number of years now, would go, well, OK, well, let, let's keep trying to fine-tune your assets out there. And there's just probably some parts that a coach, you know, can't change. Players are quite stubborn in the way they play. And, you know, he's not going to become a guy who's going to get to the net all the time. He's not going to be, uh, become a guy who's going to throw in a lot of drop shots. Uh, he, his game is built on power. That's the way he loves to feel the ball and the way he loves to play tennis, but it might not elevate him much higher than what he is, which is still a good level, but not quite good enough at the slams. What um, what are we going to see from a challenger at this tournament? I, I'm thinking the only one is Sitsipas. Well, it's Tommy Paul next up, which would be one of the great upsets of all time, wouldn't it, BP, if Tommy Paul knocked well, off Novak Djokovic? Well, well it would. Um, I was interested to listen to... Christopher Clary from the New York Times, who was on with Jared and Kane on Sports Day uh, last night, just mentioning that, you know, Novak and Tommy Paul have never played each other. So it's almost like, you know, certainly for Tommy, there's no scars. There's no uh, nightmares of a, a previous uh, straight sets defeat. Uh, so he can go in just backing himself. But, you know, Tommy's a great athlete. He was a great junior. He's now caught up uh, to some of those Americans who had taken top billing over him. And, you know, live ranking back inside the top 20. Um, but, you know, he'll cover the ground pretty well. He strikes the ball well. But you just you just feel, I mean, he, he can do everything right uh, on Friday night and still not going to be good enough to deal with uh, Djokovic. So, yeah, Sitsi Pass appears to be the best equipped. Uh, but even I think there's a there's a gap there. I really am trying to mount a case, I can tell you, because I love the underdog. <laughs> it's my old, my old Fitzroy roots. So I love the underdog in sports. Uh, but right here and now, I'm, I'm struggling to find a way that these guys are going to break down Novak. Women's semis uh, tonight, uh, BP. Uh, I guess Tommy Paul's been the surprise on the men's side. Uh, Lynette's certainly been the surprise on the women's side. She plays Sabalenka, and then you've got Rabikina versus Azarenka, which looks pretty evenly matched on paper. Who do you think will be playing off in the women's final come Saturday night? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's one I've certainly got up this morning and, um, and pondered because I've gone back and forth, uh, certainly with you know, Azarenka and Rabikina in my mind. Uh, you know, Rabikina just... The way she you know, is she going to overhit Vika, or you know, will Victoria just with her experience uh, be able to 
you know, just move the ball around the court that gets right back and are a little uncomfortable. I think that's what, you know, uh, Azarenka's got to do. She's not going to necessarily blow right back in her off the court with her power. So I just think the way Vika's playing and, you know, just the renaissance she's had at the slams, so I feel like uh, this can be her moment tonight. And uh, I'll still back in Sabalenka. I've sort of, yeah, been in her corner all the way. I think to make the final, her power off the ground will, uh, I think, bring the fairy tale run to an end of Magdalenette, who's had a, a dream uh, fortnight. Uh, she's made uh, yeah, probably more money in the last fortnight than she made last year, and she'll walk away uh, pretty satisfied. But I think Sabalenka looks to be in the groove. I mean, a Sabalenka Azarenka final would be superb, both from the same country, of course, and it was. Uh, really, Sabalenka, who came in to emulate Azarenka with that feisty competitiveness yep. as the younger version. So it'd be great to see them actually go head-to-head. Yeah, it should be great. The women's semis uh, tonight uh, and then tomorrow, of course, the men's semifinals, Paul versus Djokovic and Sitsipas versus Hatchinoff. BP, thanks for your time again. Uh, enjoy your Australia Day. Indeed. Uh, yeah, day off, is it, uh, for some? Yeah. Not for me. Not for us. (laughs) Not for the hard toilets. Not for the fly-blown, BP. Not for the fly-blown. That's right.